Jessica. I'm Ron. I'm Chris. And I'm Aaron the Sound Guy. Today's episode is about technology and disability. I know for me, uh, technology means accessibility in regards to doing 3D design and using Kitra, which is a art program that allows me to draw better than I would with pencil and paper. What are some things you draw? I draw flowers, I draw snowflakes, I draw um, just whatever I feel like drawing in the moment. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you, men- you also mentioned 3D. I do use a program called Blender. Uh, that is a free 3D software, mm-hmm. and I've been putting in a lot of work on that. I use a website called Udemy to learn various parts of Blender, mm-hmm. and... It does a little bit of everything. Not only does it do 3D, it does 2D, it does 2D animation. You can do video effects, you can make explosions, digitally, digitally, FBI, leave me alone. Um, um, it's, it's fine. Um, I, just, I just love being more creative than I would, you know, with your typical pencil and paper. Right. And it just gives me freedom. What's something you made in Blender? I've made uh, a temple scene. I've made birthday cakes. I've made a Christmas scene. Yeah, I've seen the Christmas tree. I remember one time you even made me something. Oh. I think it was the Master Sword from Zelda, I believe. Yeah, like, I, and I'm actually, like, playing around with that. So what I figured out is how to simulate light. And then also made me and a Christmas tree using that. Yeah. Yeah. The Christmas tree is what I'm most proud of because, like, it looks realistic. Yeah, yeah it, it does. does. It, it really looks really does. good. Yeah. And I, I figured out how to use, like, actual lighting systems, which is basically what Pixar uses, but free. So, Aaron. Yes, sir. What technology matters the most to you, buddy? The technology that matters most to, to me is the Xbox because um, because I use it for my my winded down time at night. That's awesome. I use the Xbox too to kind of calm down and wind down too, particularly after a long day. Uh, what do you do in particular to wind down? I do. Um, I actually use. Uh, my uh, Minecraft to wind it down. I also use YouTube uh, and pretty much just play video games. So, so what do you like most about it? Do you like the fact that you can uh, kind of be creative and do your own thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm usually creative on Minecraft. Yeah, you're very creative on Minecraft. Yeah. What what do you, what's the coolest thing that you've built on there? I've actually built uh, a pirate ship and called it the the Headhunter Demon. Oh, that's cool. I I haven't done anything like that. I've I've done a town with a few friends, but you know, nothing like a pirate ship. Well, he's also anything. made a mausoleum for one of the plants that we lost. Oh before. man! Wow! Yeah. And, it's, that... and it's pink. Oh, everything in that building was pink. I love that. And that's the only building that's like... going to be pink. Yeah, right. but that's really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Jessica. So can you talk to me about a technology that is important to you personally? Yes. It's called Dragon Naturally Speaking. And what does Dragon Naturally Speaking do for you? It types with your voice. It's for those people who can't type very well with their hands. So instead of typing with your hands, you can type with your voice. Ah, can it do more than just type? Yes, it can go on. You can um, say open internet. You can say open email and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's very, it can do stuff like that. So. Okay. Um, I heard that there are many versions. What Do you know how many versions there are? I don't know. I think the latest is 15, and mm-hmm. I think for right now, it, that's the highest it goes. But I personally have used 7. That mm-hmm. was the first one I've ever used. 8, mm-hmm. version 10, version 11, version 12, and now up to the present, version 15. So, so you've been using it a long time. What keeps you coming back to it? It works for me. We don't have we don't have an argument. Basically, <laughs> it, it does what I want it to do. And um, but each time you do a version, you know it, it gets better and better. Like for for instance, I'll start with the with the new the newest one. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Dragon Fifteen, you only have to say two sentences, and it pretty much knows your voice. Wow, because my version, which is 12, I have to do, like, paragraphs for it to get to understand me. Well, see, that'll change once you decide to change to another a version of it. Because it, it, it gets smarter, and the, the program gets smarter and smarter each year. And I think it comes out each year with a new one. Um, I haven't used it for a couple of years because I didn't have my computer hooked up just right so um but now i do and so i i just went from i think the last one i used was the one that you're working on chris is uh 12 Mm -hmm. and then after 12 i went to 15 and i'm like hallelujah because now (laughs) now it, it you don't have to like i said you don't have to train it for very long with 15 all you have to do is two sentences maybe three but I personally only had to do two sentences, and it knew my voice. So when you say training, um, how, how does training differ from Dragon 7 to this one exactly for our listeners? Um, Dragon 7, you have to read a lot more stories. As to where on, fif- on 15, mm-hmm. you don't have to read any stories. You just have to read one-liners. Oh, wow. So it's... It's quite, you know, it's come a long way with, within so many years. So after you do the training, can you train it more if it doesn't understand you right away? Yes, you can keep training it as long as you want to. Like, if I wanted to, I could probably train 15 again. Cool. But why? Because with, okay. two, with two sentences, mm-hmm. it's, it knows my voice very well. But if you... If you want that option, you can you can train it for as long as you want. You I, I was just asking because, like with twelve, it was hard for it to understand some of the words that I spoke. Yeah, you have to like, um, 
you can you can train it and then stop it and just work with what you have. Mm-hmm. And then then if you realize you have problems with tw- with twelve, you can train it again. Cool. The training option never goes away. It's always there. It's called a dragon tutorial. Ah. So yeah. So let's say I want to do um, I want to train dragon, and you know I'm not feeling under the weather. Would you? I'm feeling under the weather. Would you recommend that I, could I train or would you recommend that I wait for it to pick me up better? You can train, but I personally don't, don't recommend if you're sick, don't, don't train your voice because, you know, because what I've noticed whenever I have a sore throat, that just, that just says, Jessica, get off the computer, rest your voice, wait until... Whatever you have to do is not that important. Whatever you have to do, just wait until your voice is back. So whenever I'm sick with laryngitis, I don't get on the computer. So with Dragon, do you just feel more comfortable using your computer? Is it just like, how often do you use your computer because of that? Um, I use it a lot. I don't, um, when I lived at home with my parents, I would get on emails and, and talk to my friends but yeah, so I can I can check my email and um, I can write documents, um, stuff like that. So, but yeah. So without it, you would just it would your life would be completely different. Though, oh right? yes, without it, I'd be like lost. Matter of fact, before Dragon Seven came along, I did not like the computer. Me and the computer were not friends. I was like, if I have to get on the computer and actually type, that's going to take it all day. But with Dragon typing for me, I can get like two paragraphs done in like an hour. But you're, but basically now with Dragon, you and the computer are on speaking terms quite literally. Literally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally speaking terms. Because you have to speak to it for it to understand what you want to say. So, um, I used Dragon a long time ago. This was back when I was in high school, so we're, we're talking 20 years ago. Well, you um, need to get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> they need to use you as a saleswoman. Good Lord. Um, if he wants to get back and do it, how much does it cost? Yes. Um, okay, Dragon. The Dragon Anywhere is fourteen ninety nine a month, and the software to download is $200. And Dragon Anywhere is the... And that is the mobile app? That is the mobile app. Okay. And uh, it's a yearly subscription after one week of free trial. Okay. Yep. Um, how much is, say, Dragon 15 for an individual? Oh, for Dragon Home, it's $200. $200. Cause the reason yes. I was asking is I heard that if you mention that you are on a disability or SSI, they may give you a discount. Wow, that's amazing. I've, I've never heard that yes. until you told me. Yeah, I, so. I, I heard when I spoke to them the other day that they the person was willing to knock off $30. So Jessica, what's your opinion on Dragon Naturally Speaking? I recommend people who have trouble typing uh, with their hands get dragon naturally speaking for like they can type with their voice 
it makes their life so much, it would make their life so much easier because it has made mine. I never liked the computer until I got Dragon. And once I got Dragon, you couldn't get me off the computer. You can ask my family that question. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's, it's a really great program, and I really recommend it. And I hope this program, I hope this podcast helps people, you know, say, oh, there is something out there for my loved one to be able to communicate or type better just by using their voice. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Chris, I need you to tell me about an important piece of technology for you. The important piece of technology for me would have to be my smart drive, which is basically a moto that connects to my manual wheelchair. Um, it is called a smart drive. It is connected by a watch through Bluetooth. Okay. It allows, and it can go up to five miles an hour. It basically, you hit it twice to start it, once to stop the speed at the, once you find a couple of speed you, you like, and then twice to, to disconnect it from the motor. Okay. So how expensive is the smart drive? Without insurance, it can range up to $5,000 on eBay. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. With that insurance, is... I didn't pay anything. It just depends on your insurance, really. Uh-huh. That's most things when it comes to good yeah. people with disabilities, but that's another episode. Yeah. You, right. do, you do need a doctor's note in order to get the smart drive. In regards to like how it would make your life easier, or what do you mean by that? Um, basically, the it, since it is a medical piece of equipment, or considered medical piece of equipment, you need a doctor's note saying why you need the smart drive. For like for my doctor, she wrote saying that it's because he needs help with long distances, he gets tired quickly, and steep hills. That that makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you, and it's it's like any other wheelchair or medical equipment to where they have to justify it. Okay. Yeah, and oh. it's it's cheaper than a power chair, and ten times as light, if not more, because the, the motor by itself is twelve pounds. Oh my goodness. Well, and like I, I learned about it when I met you. Um, I had just managed to get a power chair, and like if I even knew that was an option, I probably would have gone with the smart drive just because. You know how how light it is, and mm -hmm. I know this because I've had a friend who's helped you transfer into his car, and like that motor doesn't weigh much at all. No, it doesn't. Um, I know the what's the battery life on that bad boy? The battery life can for the smart drive last up to three days. I'm actually on day three on my current charge. So I can charge it when I get home. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, the battery for the watch, however, is about a day and a half. You need to charge it about every other day. Wow. Okay, that's not bad. Not bad at all, no. And the newer version of the smart drive, actually, because there's multiple versions. I'm uh -huh. not sure which version I have. I just know I have the latest. You use a smartwatch, basically. It basically does everything a smartwatch does. I can call on this watch. I can check my email. Everything wow. on this watch. Wow! So you're basically 007 with this super talented watch. You just need the, you need the knockout gas, but other than yeah, that, you're pretty, pretty low. So it's right up there, almost with Dragon, huh? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's right up there with Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, um... So, you said that there was a big battle with your insurance for the smart drive. About how long was that battle? Um, good four or five months, actually. Man, I would have flipped for a fortified battle for anything like that. But Right. Yeah, but that was because I went with insurance instead of paying the $5,000 straight out of my pocket. I mean, yeah, Whoa. that makes sense. That's a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. And that we're is. poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But luckily, most insurances will approve the smart drive. Well, that's good. That's that's great news, dude. That's really good. And now, Chris and Ron will interview Chairman of the Abilities Expo, Lou Schumer, on what he's seen in regards to disability and technology. Uh, he asked me to start, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, dear, I don't think you have enough time. <laughs> uh, we have all the time you need. We can make it work. <laughs> How about you? Um, wh- why did you start the expo? Well, we didn't actually start the expo. We bought the expo. Oh, you uh, bought the expo. And, and my background has been in advocacy for a thousand years. Um, I was on the, uh, a member of the board of the NAACP for 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, and um, I, I was in the job fair business. And, and we produced the first ADA job fair in 1990, um, about a month after uh, ADA went into effect in July of 1990. Um, and we got out of the job fair business in 2008 because um, the internet basically took over the business. And then my friend David Corse and I uh, were approached by um, a company called Questex, who wanted to divest of Abilities Expo. Abilities Expo is actually uh, now 43, 44 years old. It was started in San Diego um, by a man named um, Rick Wooten and his wife, Pat. Um, and he, um, he had polio and was a wheelchair user. And he decided that it was very difficult for him to go out and buy products and services uh, by going out and basically having to get in the car and drive all over San Diego or Los Angeles. And he decided to put on the show Abilities Expo. And the first show was in Anaheim. And the second show that he did uh, two years later was in New York. So those are the two uh, oldest and larger shows. Um, my um, business partner, David Corse, and I bought the show in 2008 um, after I had basically left the career fair business and David had left um, running very large trade shows. So that, that's sort of the, the elevator speech of how we got into the business of Abilities Expo. Um, ah. Advocacy for a long time. And uh, we thought that advocacy was really what Abilities Expo was about. Um, We obviously bring information. um, We bring uh, buyers and sellers together. uh, We put together a marketplace so that uh, people who have disabilities or families or um, therapists uh, can see exactly what technologies are new and what's available to them to make people more independent, basically. Well, like, and I, I think the thing that's most impressive to me is it's it's the variety 
of vendors and information that you guys have. Yeah. So what I was wondering is how were you able to make all those connections throughout the years? I know you said you've been a part of this for a long time, but like, I just think that, how were you able to do that over time? Boy, that, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a lot of hard work. Um, what we do, when, when we bought the company, we had a database of exhibitors. Um, and those exhibitors have changed over the 15 years that we've had the company. So mm -hmm. we're, we're constantly looking for new uh, exhibitors. Um, we also have ambassadors in each of our marketplaces. And those ambassadors uh, will tell us um, what exhibitors, what manufacturers, dealers, or distributors um, are looking to sell their products so that we can find the, the diversity of companies that we bring in. So uh, it, it's, it's a task, really. But um, that's what we do all day. Is, is we go out and we find new companies. Um, obviously, we, we, we get our existing customers to come back. But um, new companies are very important because the amount of products and services that are available, and, and we just touch the surface. Um, there's just all these hundreds of, uh, of different products, and there's new products every day. We... Um, I, I attended a, a show in, in Germany in September called Rehacare. And Rehacare has a significant number of products and services that we don't have because they're international manufacturers. And I talked to the people at Rehacare and I said, well, how come the international manufacturers aren't coming over to the United States because we're the biggest marketplace in the world? And the one thing that they came back and said to us is FDA approval and then Medicare approved. So um, that's a big problem of us getting uh, manufacturers and, uh, from, from China, from Europe, um, all over the, the world to come because there's lots of these products that are being developed that we don't see over here mm -hmm. because of FDA approval and, and, and um, reimbursement by Medicare. I mean, like, and I've I've only seen that through, you know, certain videos online because I, I follow a bunch of disability groups online. And just some of the technology that's out there is amazing. And I, I didn't even think of, like, the federal um, aspect of things Neither did I. in regards to it making it difficult to kind of advance things. Yeah. Um, you mentioned ambassadors. Is there a way to become an ambassador? Yes, there is. If, if you would like to, I will uh, put you in touch with my business partner, David. Um, he's the one who um, uh, works with the ambassadors. The, what we want ambassadors to do are two things. Number, mm -hmm. one, number one, obviously, to search out um, vendors that they think should be at the show. Um, also, to work with groups um, to get more attendees at the show so that we can notify uh, people in various groups um, that the show is coming. And, and we, we work very hard on social media, but we also know that there are specific groups for people with specific either diseases or disabilities, um, and, and they don't, we don't necessarily reach all of them. So 
That's why we have ambassadors who allow us to get basically on the ground to see what's happening in a particular area. Um, so, yes, I, I will put you in touch with David. Um, and that we, we love to have ambassadors. So I have a question. Is there like a, a process to go through to be an ambassador or do you just sign up? How does that work? No, no, we we have a, a set of, of, of conditions and terms that we want the ambassador to do. Um, and as long as the ambassador is doing that, which which really is to help us make the 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 um, the expo um, more informative, uh, to be able to reach a larger audience um, and to get more suppliers. So that's really what the ambassador is there to do. And then uh, we give the ambassador shirts like this. Uh, nice. so they, they are identifiable at the show. Um, we certainly mention our ambassadors on, online. Um, so it's really a relationship that gives us an opportunity to be on the ground in every particular venue that we're at. Okay. I'm sorry, we almost had an interruption. Someone tried to come through the door and I had to tell them to stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, what it, going off of the um, subject for this podcast, um, what is what is the coolest piece of technology that you may have seen or you've used at the expo? Well, wow. um, a lot of purpose-built um, technology. Some, sometimes people build things in their garage because uh, they have a family member that needs something. So they mm -hmm. come up with different types of technology. I think one of the coolest... Um, well, and, and those range anywhere from, from really sophisticated technology for complex rehab um, to different types um, of, of catheters and, and, um, and, 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 and diapers and stuff like that. So it, it's very interesting. But the coolest, I think, that we have, other than the robotics, lots of robotics. Um, that robotic stuff is amazing. Yeah, robotics. I actually got my smart drive from, I learned about it from the expo. Um, but we, there's the product called Zen, Z-E-E-N. And, mm -hmm. and it's a hydraulic walker. So that you can sit in it. If, if you are ambulatory at all and you have use of your lower limbs, um, this is a product that will raise you up or lower you hydraulically and then you can sit and you can use it as a walker. Um, it's a really nifty piece of equipment and, and it's new. Uh, they're out of Pennsylvania. Um, they started exhibiting with us in 22, just, just after the pandemic. Wow. But it's called Zen, Z-E-E-N. And um, I think that's a really cool piece of technology. Um, the robotics obviously are really interesting. Um, some of the complex rehab that we have, we have, um, we, we've seen a chair that's able to walk up and down stairs. Um, I've seen so, that. So, you know, that's very cool. Um, in fact, in Chicago, we had a, um, a Segway technology chair, um, which is made in Switzerland, and they're looking for FDA approval right now. 
And wow. so it, it's, it, it's sort of a segue. It's got a back and it's got a, um, a front so that you can hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And this thing can go up a vertical uh, um, staircase. Um, we, saw, we saw a guy go up 40 stairs and down 40 stairs. And he had total control of it. That's crazy. That is insane. Um, we asked him about it. Um, he had, this guy actually lived in Switzerland and he lived in the United States. He, he, um, and, and he bought the, bought the chair. Uh, and they were looking for FDA approval. But really a cool piece of equipment. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to take the next question? I got it. Okay. Um, is I was wondering, I know because I've been there, um, but for those that don't know, is the expo free for admission for everyone or just those with disabilities? Free for everybody. Because about 40% of the attendees have a disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we get about 15% uh, of what I'd call professionals. So they're OTs, they're PTs, doctors, nurses, um, professional healthcare workers, um, and those other dealers looking to find uh, products that they can use um, and, and, and they can sell. Um, and then the rest are either caregivers or family members. Mm-hmm. So um there are going to be a lot of technology questions today because that's the subject of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Who, who would you say is the biggest technology vendor that you guys work with? Um, well, that depends on a number of things. <clears throat> There's technology in chairs. Um, um, and, and we have a lot of suppliers in complex rehab, which is obviously, obviously different than um, somebody just in a manual wheelchair. But the technology in the manual wheelchairs seems to be going towards carbon fiber instead of titanium. Um, it's um, very stable, and it's also uh, much lighter than the, even titanium. So easy yeah. for people to take apart and then put in a car. Um, so that, that. That's one technology that we see. Obviously, the robotics are really interesting. Um, we had several vendors. Um, I don't know if you know about Rewalk or, or Exoskeleton, um, and, and those are exoskeleton manufacturers. Um, it's interesting. They both actually come out of Israel. Uh, and, and the, the problem they've had was, um, reimbursement and, and a, a full exoskeleton runs around seventy five or eighty five thousand dollars and that obviously is something that everybody can't afford. Um but they're trying to get <clears throat> and and I spoke to them when I was in Düsseldorf, they're trying to get um Medicare approval so that it becomes a a, a more practical uh product for people who who need it. And the exoskeleton, as you know, is a great piece of equipment where a paraplegic can actually um, be able to raise themselves up and with the use of crutches, literally walk. It's, I'd love to be able to do that because I can't walk myself at all. Yeah. And, and, the, and the other thing is elevation in seats. Um, we've seen a lot of chairs where, and, and this again was something that we worked with with um, NCART, 
which is the National Coalition of Complex and Assistive Rehab Technology, um, to, got, to get Medicare to approve um, um, elevation in seats, because before Medicare didn't approve that. And that was, they considered that a luxury as opposed to a necessity. A luxury? Really? Hey. Wow. That's not his branch, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, What do you see, how do you see technology helping the disabled community in the next five, ten years? Based off the expo. You know, we we see so many things that are new each each literally at each expo so we'll have somebody coming into los angeles that we have never seen before um and um that technology is something that we haven't seen in phoenix um we had a guy who invented a a, a um, sort of a cabinet <clears throat> and the cabinet um has a robot in it and the robot, it, it, it's sort of like an R2, B2. Um, and, and remotely, the cabinet has arms, so it, it can literally open a refrigerator, pick up a drink, and then bring the drink to the user. Wow. Uh, and the guy, who, <clears throat> the guy who invented it um, was the guy who worked on the Rumba. You know what the Rumba is? Yeah. Yes. Little vacuum. Yeah. So he had that technology, that robotic technology. Now we haven't seen him since, um, but he but he launched the product in in Phoenix, and <clears throat> I'm trying to think. You know, I'll go into my files, and I'll see if I can. Um, Send, send you some of the clips that we have from Phoenix um, that show exactly what it did. We had coverage from, from the local TV station, and it showed you exactly what it did. Really interesting technology. So the technology, because it's changing so quickly, I, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen in five years. I'd be hard-pressed to tell you what's going to happen in, in the next year. But I do know that... Um, it's just going to make everybody's life more independent. And, and, and that's the whole objective. We, we see yeah. different, type, different types of lifts um, that are able, especially with, with geriatrics, um, be able to lift people out of a bed and then put them in a chair and then lift them out of the chair and put them in the bed. And these are um, um, portable lifts so that you don't have to... Um, um, engage them in a ceiling. It, it mm-hmm. works. On, it works on a um, on a crane type of, of frame. I actually have one. It's called, I believe, a Hoyle lift. At home. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so, and there's a company by the name of Uplift, uh, which is bringing out a, a, a product this year. Um, some of the other products that we see. <clears throat> um, you can put on a pair of glasses and the glasses will remotely be able to, especially for somebody who, who's a quad rather than a paraplegic, um, <clears throat> when you tilt your head with the glasses, um, it'll make your chair go 
right, left, front, center. And you can control the use of your chair by just these eyeglasses. So again, it's pretty forward technology. So I've, I've got a question that we, didn't, we don't have written down, but I'm going a bit off script here. Um, what, do you, what would you say is the biggest hurdle? Would affordability be the bigger hurdle or the FDA? Well, you, you've got two hurdles. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've got two hurdles. One is obviously affordability. Um, but affordability goes back to insurance reimbursement and Medicare. What is Medicare willing to pay for somebody who needs this? Um, and, and, and that goes through everything, whether it's a van, whether it's a, a chair, whether it's a, um, a catheter, whatever it is, um, it, it's got to be made affordable for those who need it. And, and that's something that we, we try and overcome. We also find that it's very interesting because Texas, which is not the most liberal state in the world, as you well know, yeah. uh, has, has a very good reimbursement policy. So Texas is better than some of the other states that we do business in. But that's state. So you're working with federal and state in terms of reimbursement. Um, and and that's, that's a big issue. Okay. Um, I think we're on number nine, but yeah, we are. If you don't mind, can you share an impactful memory from the expo that you have? A, a, an impactful memory? A yeah. memory. Yeah, what's your favorite that you can think of? Well, well <laughs> that's an easy one. Um, David and I bought the show in August of 2008. Mm hmm. The previous company had a show in Minneapolis, and um, so we effectively bought three shows. The show in Minneapolis was an absolute disaster, and we decided to cancel it for the next year. And we wound up paying a fee because they had already signed a lease on the venue. So our first show that David and I operated was in Anaheim, California, in um, May of 2009. And we do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So on a, a Saturday afternoon at about four o'clock, this young woman comes in with a six-year-old son who's got the CP. Um, never walked. He didn't have enough strength in his body. Uh, his name was Alexander. Um, and he comes in with his, with, his, with his mother, and he passes by one of the vendors, and the vendor says, um, has, has your child ever walked? And she says, no, he doesn't have enough strength in his legs. And the vendor says, you know, we have a chair which would hold him upright and give him security, and if he could just move his legs, um, we think he'd be able to walk. And she said, well, we've tried everything. He says, well, let me try it. So they put him in this chair. Uh, the name of the company is Pride Engineering. And all of a sudden, he starts moving his legs, and he starts walking, and he starts running. Oh, my God. And we're all in tears. That's only half the story. 
the next thing that happens is the vendor next to Cry, a company called SleepSafe, they make beds. Mm-hmm. The owner of SleepSafe takes out a credit card, goes to the guy from Pride, and he says, I don't know what your chair costs, but the kid goes home with the chair. Dude, oh my. I'm, I wasn't even there and I'm tearing up. I'm tearing up and I wasn't even there myself. Oh, wow. Now, there's, there's half a dozen of us. The show's about to close. There's a puddle of tears in the aisle. The mother comes back and starts screaming and crying. The kid comes over to her and says, Mommy, Mommy, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she tells him that this person bought him the chair. Oh, geez. So, so every year, Alexander comes back to us. And now Alexander is 20 years old. This was 14 years ago. So... We then show Alec- Alexander comes in with a walker because now he's able to walk with a walker and he's got the stainless steel frame with a seat, basic, basic walker. Um, and we take him over to Zine when I first mentioned Zine. And so David and I buy Alexander a Zine. That's my favorite memory. Wow, that's an amazing memory. I can see why it's your favorite, honestly. Because you, you've been a part of that kid's life for pretty much his whole life. And, and, and now the kid is literally traveling because we talked to the people from Zine. And they basically are using him as a poster boy. And he's traveling all over the country in his Zine. And <laughs> so we can't wait to see him in March in Los Angeles because they, they live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you deal with the the disability community in your daily life or only at the expo? We deal with the disability community all the time. We, we, uh, we're in touch with, we work with several organizations. We work with Paralyzed Vets. We work with Triumph. Um, we work with the Christopher Reeds Foundation. Wow. Um, oh, we work with the uh, um, NRRTS, National Registry of Rehab and assistive technologies. Um, so we work with the community a lot and, and we support the community. And, and in specific instances, we'll work with um, local chapters of, of, of the community. So we're, we're involved in the community. And I think the difference between what David and I have been able to do um, and the previous owner, the previous owner was a very large company and ability was, was, was just a small, very, very a fraction of their portfolio. Whereas with David and I, it's, it's the major part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so and, and, and I've always learned in advocacy that if you're not part of the community, you're not part of the community. And, mm-hmm. and we're, we're active in the community. So I've got two questions. One of them's a bit off the cuff here because we're, um, we're a part of a facility that is trying to advocate for people. And like, we've never done a podcast before and I kind of want your advice on how to do that. But first I'm going to ask you a technology question. Uh-huh. Um, so, or how, you want me to ask? yeah, you can ask me because 
you wrote it weird and I'm not ready for yeah. it. <laughs> um, Obviously, you've seen it with Alexander. Have you seen anyone else after leaving the expo that have um, been impacted in their daily life? Well, I, I mean, Alexander's one story. Um, several other stories. There's two other. One actually happened in Houston. Um, okay. A few years ago, there was a, a woman who was in her 80s. Um, she was nonverbal. Uh, she had a care a caretaker. Um, mm. She was in a chair. And um, she came by. We had some miniature horses because we have various service animals uh, that work with um, um, the horses, especially with kids with autism. But in this case, we had the, the service animals. They were miniature horses. And, and this woman who just was was 80 years old. Um, she didn't basically do anything. And her caregiver was, was there to take care of her. She sees the horses. She puts out um, her hand to pet the horses. And she turns around and she says to her caregiver, what a lovely horse. And the caregiver breaks out in tears because she hasn't heard this woman speak in years. Wow. The other thing that we get at practically every show, when we have the climbing wall, we get people who are able to get into a, ho a, a harness and they have, to pull, they have to pull themselves up and they never thought they'd be able to, to accomplish anything like that. They never thought that they would be able to do something. And they walk I'm one of those people. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I've done I've done the walk wall. I've done the walk wall. Can you tell the story? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't because it's just it's amazing. And I uh, so sorry to interject, guys. Uh, I think that the the Zoom is going to kick us out in the next eight minutes. So uh, if you guys if you guys want to wrap it up with maybe one last question, and then um, Lou, if you have any additional information that you guys have. Um, to share with us that I can kind of pass on to Ron and Chris. I'd be more than happy to do that. You have my email, um, but maybe one more question guys, and then we can kind of wrap it up. All right. All right. Okay. Sounds good. But you want to ask your question? Uh, yes. So if we could go back to Lou. He's still there. Well, he's there, but he's, okay. he's just not talking. Um, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, okay. Um, so. They kind of view us as a leadership group and I've never really done this whole leadership thing before so I kind of want to ask you a question about advocacy and like how do you reach out and network and stuff like that um, the, the one word I would give you for advocacy is patience because there's no silver bullet you can't get what you want <clears throat> on the first try. And what we do with, with, with NCART is um, we do a role on Congress every year. And we literally go and we meet with Congress and Senate personnel. Um, we don't always see the congressperson or the senator um, because we usually deal with staff. And the first time I did this, I said, this is the biggest waste of time I could imagine. 
You're just talking to people who take notes. They're seven years old. Um, they're doing internships just because they, they want to get ahead in their, their life. And the third time I did it, I actually said, this is sort of like the, the drip method. And the more you make your statement, the more you put pressure on the, on the individual, the more you say, I'm here because, the more you say, I need because, that's what happens. And then I realized that it's patience. But if you don't do it, nothing happens. So all I can say is that if you've got a project, you've got an issue, you want to resolve that issue, you find the people who can resolve that issue, and you just have to keep after it all the time. Wow. I, I don't really know how I can top that other than um, <laughs> I want to thank you for giving us your time. Yes, thank you. You've been a wealth of information. Um, it's kind of a shame that we have to cut this short. I want to keep going. Yeah, I've got, I've got so many questions um, I want to ask. I can't ask. <laughs> well, if, if, you'd, if you'd like to set up another time, um, I'll be more than happy to, to, to join you. And I will just, definitely do that, and I will definitely uh, set something up, guys. Um, but, Lou, we really appreciate it from the, um, you know, the organization side of things. Uh, having people like you definitely inspires both um, the people we're servicing and the, the people who are serving those people. So, um, stories like you and um, you know leaders in this type of community and uh, you giving time to Ron and Chris just to kind of give them advice and uh, share some of your stories uh, that's that's very important and impactful and uh, we want you to know that we um, you know from the bottom of our hearts it's very um, it's very great for us so thank you it means a lot it means a great amount to us well what it, it it's a great thing that you're doing Colin um you know, I'm an old guy, and 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 I'm lucky. Um, but what we want to do is give back, and and we want to make sure that what we do has an impact on the community. That, that's that's advocacy. Yes, sir. Well, we are gonna um, hop off, but I will email you, and maybe we can set up um, another time to discuss okay. some stuff. And uh, once again, thank you so much. I hope you uh, have a great rest of your day. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely day. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Village Roundtable. I'm Jessica. I'm Ron. I'm Chris. And I'm Aaron the Sound Guy. Bye. Bye.